Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast, episode number 59. In episode 58, we visited Ichinuma, a pond in a highland plain called Shigakogen, which is or was the first uh, colour of this autumn for me here in Japan. I mentioned that I would like to go back to the same place a week later, although I wasn't sure it would be possible. Well, I went back last weekend, uh, which was the 14th and 15th of October, and today we're going to take a look at some more shots uh, from just a few hours of each day, uh, and I'm also going to talk about uh, the need to be determined, persistent, and quite often resilient as things don't always go our way. Also, before we move on to this main topic, uh, I'd like to make a quick apology for not getting an episode out last week. I've been very busy recently with uh, other commitments and we're continuing to have problems with the website. So I've uh, had to spend a lot of the little spare time that I can find troubleshooting the issues and working with the technical support people. I have now rented a new server with a different company. Um, it's in addition to the other one, uh, the one that I have Martin Bailey Photography and the Members Galleries websites on. And I'm trying to uh, move the audio files to the second server for download. So uh, hopefully that will alleviate the, the problems a little. Uh, but I'm having trouble with the settings on the second server too. And things still aren't going as smoothly as I'd like. Uh, anyway, uh, without boring you with uh, too many technical details, I'm working hard to improve the situation, so uh, please stay subscribed, even if it takes a little uh, time to get the newest episodes uh, out and also to actually download them uh, once they are out. Uh, things will improve uh, very, sh very soon, I'm sure. So the weather forecast was for a cloudy start to Saturday the 14th and then a clear sunny Sunday the 15th. So on Friday night I uh, talked with the missus and uh, we decided to book a, ho a hotel on the uh, Saturday night so that I could uh, get to the place that I wanted to shoot uh, looking down the side uh, of the mountain from a pass called Shibutoge in the Nagano prefecture, uh, about four hours from Tokyo. The sun was due to rise at 5.44, I think it was, uh, and uh, this time of year I was going to have to get there probably an hour before that, believe it or not, to get a place to, to set up my tripod amongst the other photographers, each trying to make their own version of this scene. That means that I need to get parked up by 4.44am and to do that uh, after driving from Tokyo I'd have to leave my apartment shortly after midnight uh, to drive through the night or drive uh, through the evening and then sleep in the car uh, before getting up for the shoot. Either of these options would work for me uh, but I wanted to take my other half and um, take it easy a little, a little bit this time uh, as I'd driven through the night the previous week. 
Anyway, I still got up at 6.30am on Saturday to start the four-hour drive before the traffic around Tokyo got too heavy and would uh, quite possibly add an extra hour or two to the uh, journey. We loaded the car up and were on the road shortly after 7am. I found that getting out of Tokyo after 7.30am can cost quite a lot of extra time, especially if there's an accident or something. So basically this uh, meant that we arrived in the uh, area around noon and had some time to uh, look around and shoot a few shots before sundown and do a little reconnaissance of the area that I'd like to shoot from at dawn the next day. Let's take a look at one of the shots I uploaded from the first day, which is image number 1139. The previous week, when we looked at shots from this area, I said that the autumn leaves would probably be even better this weekend. Uh, But actually, I was surprised to see, as we can see here, the leaves had actually fallen uh, from most of the trees in the area. This did allow me to get a nice graphic image of the white skeletons of the trees without the leaves, and there is just enough colour in the uh, shot to keep it lively. But this shot now has an almost wintry feel to it, or or at least a very late autumn feel. You can see how I composed this with almost uh, the same amount of reflection as the actual trees, with the edge of the pond just above the centre. I don't like to position anything in the very centre of the frame, especially horizons, uh, which I guess uh, this could be likened to. But sometimes it works, and uh, I think it does here. I also composed this image uh, with the edge of the lake uh, that is getting closer to us, uh, coming around on the right uh, as we view the scene, and the large evergreen tree uh, to the left also, uh, helping to stop our eyes from running out of the frame Uh, to the left and the right. I used a tripod for all of the shots we'll look at today and this particular image was made at f11 for an eighth of a second. I was in aperture priority mode and exposure compensation uh, for this shot was minus two-thirds of a stop. I pretty much always use center weighted metering though and so the exposure compensation was probably necessary because the center of the scene is darker than the surrounding area. I'd say this scene would have been better metered and probably need no exposure compensation at all had I switched to evaluative metering but I'm just uh, used to using center weighted. I rarely use any other uh, metering uh, in fact uh, except for spot metering on occasion. I also uh, did quite a bit of cleaning up on the surface of the pond here. I usually don't do much retouching of images, uh, but I found that there was a number of white specks on the surface of the water that looked more like dust on a scanned image than parts of the actual scene, so I cleaned them up. Now, I did go on further up the mountain uh, to a number of areas. I shot a fair number of uh, images through the afternoon, Um, over the next uh, couple of hours that will be. But as we saw, the trees had lost their colour in many places and the sun was getting uh, so low in the sky by this point that many areas of the mountains were in shadow. So I really wasn't turning out anything that I would uh, consider up to my current standards. I went to the point that I was hoping to shoot from the following morning and I noticed that a small lay-by or pull-off 
was there and that was uh, already had around 10 cars uh, in there you know it was already full and there was a number of cars parked on the road uh, either side of this uh, layby i entered the i entered the location into the memory of my car navigation system uh, so that i could easily see how long it would take me to get back there the following morning and i made my way back to the hotel it was going to take around 15 minutes, so I figured I'd better get up at 4am and leave the hotel by 4.30 to get to the same point an hour before sunrise to ensure that I got a spot uh, to not only to park my car, but also to set up my tripod. That's exactly what I did, uh, but I couldn't really believe my eyes when I turned up at 4.45am on the Sunday morning to find that not only were the same 10 cars uh, from the previous day still there, uh, but there must have been 50 or so cars parked either side of the lay-by and people were turning up along uh, with us. So there was uh, a large car park around 10 minutes walk uh, back from the uh, the best spot to shoot from. But I figured uh, seeing the number of people that I, I really, you know, if I had any chance of finding a spot to stand my tripod here, I was going to have to be quick in getting out there, so I went back. Uh, well, I went past the line of cars to see this, what, how bad the situation was, and then I turned around and rushed back to the beginning of the line of cars and parked mine uh, near the end. And I just, uh, I then had about a five-minute walk back to the layby, and I really just, as I say, I couldn't believe my eyes. The sheer number of people that were. Uh, here waiting to shoot the scene that we'll look at uh, shortly uh, at, at this time in the morning. I wanted to photograph them just to show you guys but I wanted to get set up and decided not to so sorry about that. By the time the sun rose and I could see everyone uh, there must have been at least uh, multiple hundreds but maybe up to a thousand people uh, set up with their tripods all along the road uh, for maybe a few hundred meters. They were standing in multiple rows, some in the front of the barrier, uh, the side of the road, and on a small ledge uh, that had been carved out over the years. And there was another line behind the main line uh, shooting through the gaps, and a large number of people just wandering around, not being able to find anywhere to set up. I found myself uh, a small gap, maybe two feet wide, and stuck my tripod with the two legs running parallel to the barrier at the side of the road, uh, well actually at the back of the lay-by, and the legs were intertwined with uh, the two tripods of the people either side of me. It was really tight, uh, but there was really no choice uh, but to get in here while the slot was free. I'm sure that if I'd not jumped in here at this point, uh, an hour before sunrise, I would have been uh, one of the poor guys that came all this way out here, uh, only to wander around at the back trying to find a gap to poke uh, my lens through and, uh, you know, and capture the scene as the light changed. By the way, this lay-by is the highest point of all roads in Japan at 2,172 metres, or 7,125 feet. Until the sun came up, it was really cold uh, for this time of year, at uh, two, 2 degrees Celsius, uh, which is almost 36 degrees Fahrenheit. It wasn't raining, uh, but I put on my rainproof trousers and jacket for the windproofing that they provide, and a little extra protection from the cold. 
Uh, still, it was a little uncomfortable, and to be honest, I wasn't expecting it to be quite this cold. I'll definitely bring warmer clothes uh, when I come back here in future years. Let's take a look at shot number 1140, which was shot around 30 minutes before sunrise. This was shot at f5.6 with a shutter speed of 5 seconds. We can see the faint line of the mountains uh, in the valley below with just a couple of specks of light uh, from the town down there too. But I shot this for that break in the cloud with the swirling lines and the small cloud that was uh, flowing through the middle of the break. I'm not sure if this is a real winner or not but I quite like the mood of the image and the abstract feel of the clouds uh, that are accentuated by the uh, slight movement introduced by the 5 second exposure. I shot the next image, number 1143, at 5.57am. The sun was now above the horizon, having risen about uh, 15 minutes earlier, and we can see here that a thick blanket of cloud along the horizon was stopping the sun's light from hitting the landscape below. At the top of the image we can see where the uh, clear sky starts and there wasn't a cloud in the sky, the rest of the sky uh, after that. The sun poked through a gap in the clouds for a few um, moments at a time and at this point the gap was slightly smaller in the middle uh, making the sun split into uh, two and looking almost like a pair of eyes peeking through. The mountains in the valley are now more visible, as is the sea of clouds in the foot of the valley. This was shot at f11 for 80th of a second, um, with minus one and one third of a stop exposure compensation, to stop the sun and the golden lining on the clouds from blowing out too much. I used ISO 100 for all of these shots, by the way. It was now possible to shoot the scene that I was hoping for, uh, but as we can see in image number 1141, shot three minutes before this last image, as I feared, on seeing the uh, trees yesterday that is, uh, much of the colour was now gone from the trees uh, that would have made this shot uh, the one that several hundred other pho uh, photographers as well as me were here to capture. If there was no cloud on the horizon in that uh, perfect world scenario. This scene would already have been uh, bathed in golden light at the first few minutes of the day and I probably would have uh, salvaged a much better image uh, but it just wasn't to be at this point. By the way, this shot was uh, made at 1.3 seconds at f11, again at ISO 100. Let's look next at image number 1144 which I shot at almost 6.30am, 45 minutes after the sun rose. You can see now that the sun has cleared uh, the clouds coat totally, creating an extremely bright light source in the top left of this image. Shot at 11, uh, f11 for 1 40th of a second, with minus uh, one stop of exposure compensation. This time I'd switched uh, to my 24mm a 24-105mm f4 lens uh, instead of the 70-200 lens that I'd used for all of the other shots. This allowed me to include more of the scene, including the slope that we closed in on in the last shot, and we can also see part of the volcano uh, mouth in the top right, and some vents uh, letting off steam too. 
In the bright area, there are mountains in the valley below, but these are just not visible because of the brightness uh, of the sun uh, by this point. As the sun had been hidden uh, behind the clouds for the first 45 minutes, by the time it blessed this uh, entire vista with its light and warmth, it was already quite harsh. We are really at the end of the golden time now. People, uh, including myself, often call uh, th- this light the golden hours, but in reality it's, uh, it's just a number of minutes. To salvage something of the situation, I switched back to my 70-200mm uh, and I closed in again on the only part of the scene that had any real autumn colour of note uh, left in it. We can see this in image number 1146, shot again at f11 for a thirtieth of a second this time. This was minus one third uh, exposure compensation. We can see how uh, many of the golden trees are now uh, for, you know, the, the leaves are now fallen. Uh, with a fair few left in the bottom half of the shot, but many also now in their skeletal winter forms. The thing with this shot, though, uh, and the reason uh, for closing back in, is that there are still a number of orangey-red trees uh, left. Had the weather been on my side uh, the previous weekend, and I had already scanned the area uh, to find the best shot to shoot from, I might have been in time for this hillside at its best but again uh, this just wasn't to be this year and the shots that we've uh, looked at are about the best I could scramble together for now. I was really pushing the light uh, too and as I shot these last few images the hordes of photographers that lined the road on the top of this mountain were now down to the last say 10% or so of their earlier numbers. As I walked back to my car, now sitting alone uh, five minutes along the road, I started looking out uh, for other photographic opportunities, and I did notice one last shot, uh, which I think uh, may well be uh, my favourite of the day. Ironic, really, as it was not the scene that I was here to capture. Anyway, let's take a look at image number 1147, which I've entitled Natural Gradation. I'm looking back in the direction of the sun with my hand held in front and above the lens uh, to shield some sunlight that was causing flare that the lens hood could not stop. The tree to the left is an evergreen, uh, still with leaves, obviously, uh, but the one on the right uh, has died. These trees are locked in ice uh, for months from about, uh, well, probably from a few weeks from now, until next spring and so the road is lined with white skeletal trees uh, like this one and they make for nice models. I shot uh, one or two of them on the other side of the road with a nice deep blue sky behind them but the the results weren't special. This though I really like uh, with the gradation in the sky and from the just the visible mountains or the mountains just visible in the bottom of the valley uh, to the line of cloud at the top of the image. Of course, I've uh, metered for the sky, allowing uh, what is actually a pure white tree to fall totally into silhouette. Again, though, this is not a real winner. Um, had there been a hawk sitting on that tree, uh, th- like the one that I shot in a different situation at this time last year, it would have been really special. 
that would take uh, a level of determination and uh, perseverance uh, that even I don't have. Uh, The sort that nature photographers who sit in hides for weeks and months sometimes are just for a single shot. I'm afraid that uh, however dedicated I am, I simply can't afford that amount of time myself. We went back to the hotel for breakfast and I shot a few more scenes along the 15-minute drive and some of them uh, are uploaded on my website too. We'll look at one more uh, shot before we finish, but uh, for now uh, I'll just mention that I'm going to put a link uh, to all of the shots from this weekend and another one to all of the shots from October, so including both weekends at this location, and I'll put them, uh, those links into the show notes. After breakfast, we stopped off at the Kamman Falls, uh, which is just a one-minute stroll from a car park on the way down the mountain from the Highland Plains. This uh, place, uh, it, you know, it's, it's got to be an amazing scene, uh, but the light was very harsh uh, as I shot image number 1150 at almost 10.30 a.m. This image was made at f16 for one fifteenth of a second, again at ISO 100. As I got to the point where I could see the vista, you know, I really was just amazed by the beauty of the scene, uh, but there was a lot of haze between me and the subject. You can see some remnants of that haze in this shot, but I had to do a lot of playing around with the curves and saturation in Photoshop uh, to get the image to this point. I also selectively brightened the waterfall uh, just a little as it really just didn't stand out in the original um, nowhere near as much as uh, as you can see in the image that uh, we're looking at right now. So I think I made something of the situation but again this probably could be uh, a much better shot if I got here at the right time of day probably before sunset but I'm not sure. I'll look into this more if I get a chance to come back uh, other than Uh, for the shot that I'm now after from the main location that we've talked about today. For this particular day, I didn't want to get back uh, home too late, so uh, I really just, uh, instead of hanging around to see what developed for this particular scene, uh, I decided to start back the the four-hour drive to Tokyo after this, leaving the harsh light uh, that was bathing these, uh, these scenes to the tourists now making their way up the mountain, in the opposite direction. Okay, so in spite of the fact that I've uh, spent the last 20 minutes or so talking about the the shoot from last weekend, as I do with uh, many of my podcasts, uh, you'll have noticed that I've actually entitled this episode Determination, Persistence and Resilience. So before we wrap up today, uh, let's just think about what I mean by this. Firstly, to get the shot we want, it's important to be determined. You have to want that shot, and you have to go out the, out of your way to get it. If you followed my podcast for a while, you'll know that I go to great lengths to get to a certain location at the right time of day and at the right time of year. The thing is that, with uh, this, as with this location, uh, as an example, and also maybe we can, if you can recall, the flower fields uh, from Furano in Hokkaido that I mentioned a while back. Uh, I finally captured that scene uh, after traveling to Hokkaido in the summer a number of times over the years. Uh, So these are examples that there's no guarantee that determination and commitment um, 
that is necessary to get to a certain place at the right time will actually get you the shot. From this area, I believe I have some nice shots of the colour of the autumn leaves uh, reflecting in the ponds from last week, but I want to improve on them. I also think that I've got some nice shots from this location on the mountain pass, uh, Shibutoge, but that uh, also, you know, it's not what I wanted. So there's a lot of improvement to be made in both subjects. So I have to be persistent. I have travelled four hours here and four hours back home, uh, both last weekend and uh, the weekend before that. So I'm being persistent on a smallish scale. Um, but as I don't yet have what I want, I'll be coming back next year uh, or at some time in the future. Um, and I'm not guaranteed to get my image then either. So, you know, I've learned uh, that here that I need to be here before sundown on the previous day and sleep in my car to get uh, that better spot to stand, which is going to take even more determination and persistence. I have and I will continue to build on my repository of uh, locations that I will continue to visit uh, the, throughout the year, building my portfolio and setting uh, myself up for more success as a photographer. It's not easy though, as no amount of determination and persistence on our part is going to change all, the all-important element, which is the weather. Adjusting to weather conditions is very important, and this is what enables us to come away from shoots with usable images, but it sure can get in the way of getting the exact image that you want, or require, uh, for our portfolio. So here's where resilience comes in. We have to be able to take the knocks. Of course, I'm not just talking about setbacks caused by weather, um, but there is a steep learning curve uh, to get where we long to be as photographers. And once we get there, uh, you know, the place that we thought we wanted to be, we reset the gold and the bar gets higher and we continue to aim to improve. Everyone is improving around us, so if we don't do that too, uh, we become stagnant and we get left behind. But from within, you know, we should always want to improve our skills uh, without any external influence as well. Also, uh, we take knocks from other sources. We might receive a harsh critique for one of our, or one or more of our images, for example. This is always hard to take, but we have to learn to take the advice that seems uh, to naturally make sense to us and that we are comfortable with and to work it into our shooting or our post-processing workflow. We also have to learn to shrug off advice or the bad critiques or what we consider to be bad critiques that we don't agree with, which is fine. And we need to reset our feelings and to not become paralyzed by fear of making the same type of image or the same what people are telling us are mistakes. So when things are not going our way or according to uh, our plan or our wishes and desires, we must be resilient and bounce back quickly, moving on to better things. Because if we are determined, persistent and resilient, there is always going to be or almost certainly going to be some amount of success waiting for us further down the road. 
And once we get to that point, because we're determined and persistent, we'll reset the goals and continue on to further greater success. So that's it for today. By the time most of you listen to this episode, the assignment album will be locked uh, for submissions for the reflections assignment. I'll be locking it tomorrow on my Monday here in Japan to make sure that all of you are able to upload your images right until uh, the end of your Sunday, the 22nd of October. If you are quick to listen to this episode and you'd forgotten, though, you might still have a few hours to upload your images、uh, if you haven't already. There are some amazing shots in the album right now,、uh, so thanks very much to all of those that have already submitted your image. If、uh, there should be any more site problems that prevent you from uploading your image,、uh, then please email your submission to me at infomartinbaileyphotography.com before the end of your Sunday, the 22nd, and I'll add、uh, your image to the album for you. I can change the owner、uh, to your name as well in the database, so this really isn't a problem. Once the album is locked,、uh, voting will start.、Uh, there will be a black vote button above the image in the reflections album that, when clicked, will add your single vote to the image you choose. If you want to mark an image、uh, that you think is、uh, just great、uh, as you look through the,、uh, the album, but you change your mind later, all you need to do is hit the vote button again. You'll then see a message、uh, asking you if you want to change your vote to the new image and remove it from your previous selection. Just click、uh, to apply your vote、uh, if that's what you intended to do. You can change your vote at,、uh, as many times as you like、uh, until the voting stops two weeks from now at the end of November the 5th. You don't have to、uh, have submitted an image yourself、uh, to vote either. All members、uh, can vote regardless,、uh, but you will need to register in the mbpgalleries.com website as I still haven't gotten around to linking the two sites. I'd like to get as many people voting as possible, though, so that we can really show all the entrants、uh, how much we appreciate them taking the time to go out and shoot for the assignment. And of course, this is your chance to let them know which shot you think is the best. The standard is always very high, though, so the decision will be tough, so be warned. So, once again, I'm sorry for all of the problems with the site recently. Please do say, stay subscribed. Things will be back to normal very soon. So, have a great week,、uh, whether you're out shooting or whatever you do. Bye bye. PhotocastNetwork.com, your photography resource in the Potosphere. PhotocastNetwork.com